0: and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know who did all these wonderful decorations, but I'm very grateful. Amen. Looks great, don't you think? Hallelujah. Thank God for wonderful people. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sue and I, we started out full-time ministry position in a church, and I'm telling you what, I don't know that we ever thank God for those people, but I thank God for you all. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful congregation, and we are grateful. Amen. In 2023, we have been spending the year working through the Ministry, miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles. Because I learned from one of my fathers in the faith, Fred Price, that if I could identify patterns and principles in the Word of God, then I could repeat them to get desired results. If we would study these miracles, study these patterns and principles, and employ them in our lives, I believe we could live our lives and hardly have an unmet need in our lives. Now over the last three Sundays, we learned that salvation and healing are two sides of the same coin. They are our twofold redemption in Christ. Forgiveness and healing also go hand in hand, but so too does forgiveness and faith and forgiveness and answered prayer. Song of Solomon 2.15 tells us the little foxes, spoil the vines. When people miss it and are defeated in life, it is often because of the most basic issues like forgiveness and not walking in love. A few weeks ago, I said if my prayers weren't being answered, I'd do a faith checkup and figure out why my faith wasn't working, and the first place I would look is in Mark 11, 25, and 26. We, we know Mark 11, 22 to 24. We're quoting it all the time at Faith Christian Center. But what about the next two verses? And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Now this is the only hindrance to faith that Jesus ever mentioned in any of the four Gospels, so it must be important. Now, we come to miracle number 36 this morning, and it is Jesus heals a servant severed here while he is being arrested. And I want to use this miracle this morning to illustrate the kindness of God. Everybody say kindness. kindness. I think too often we have come to a wrong conclusion about the parable of the unjust judge in Luke 18. And I think too many of us, and I consider myself a part of this unfortunate number in my early days, I think too many of us have concluded that God is the unjust judge in Luke 18 and that we must hound him and pester him until finally, maybe, he will hear us and answer us. That is not the meaning of the parable of the unjust judge in Luke 18. Jesus said, Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. So the point of the parable is plainly stated. Men should always pray and never give up. Jesus taught us that we should always pray and never give up. I mean, think about this. Even in Mark 8, Jesus himself had to pray for a blind man more than once. If Jesus had to pray about something more than once in his life, well, there may be occasions where I have to be persistent in my prayer life. So men should always pray and never give up. Tell your neighbor, pray and never give up. Tell the neighbor on the other side, pray and never give up. Now, regarding the kindness of God, (laughs) see, I think that there's... I think that there is a root misunderstanding among full gospel people, and I've suffered under this myself. And that is that we have to earn it, that we have to deserve it, that we have to be good enough for it. And I think that it has led many of us down paths that uh, were unproductive and unfruitful. On October 22, While Sue and Austin and Jessica were anointing people with oil and praying for people, I didn't get anointed with oil, and I didn't pray for anybody, and nobody prayed for me. I was just walking back and forth down the front here, praising God in this anointed environment. And without even asking him, I was healed of two things in my life. I was healed of recurring pain I was having in joints in my feet, and I was healed of something that was wrong down on the inside of me. I'd had that for quite a while. They were on my prayer list. I was just instantly healed while praising the Lord. Nobody anointed me with oil. Nobody laid hands on me. And I've not been bothered with them since. That was October 22. Then last Sunday, last Sunday, when I was standing right over here watching the screen during the video announcements, the Lord said to me, he said, did you notice the pain is gone? <laughs> I had noticed So during the preaching of the word last Sunday, I've had this pain down this tendon that runs down the back of my right leg for for months. And I I never put it on my prayer list. I figured, well, it'll it'll go away. It'll work itself out. I mean, I got more important stuff to pray about. But It it hurt. And uh, he said to me, did you notice the pain is gone? I want to talk to you this morning about the kindness of God. The kindness of God. We have completely underestimated the kindness of God. You know, I'm in uh, 1 Corinthians in the annual Bible reading, and I got to tell you, every year when I go through uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah and the minor prophets, I I mean, I've been a Christian since 1960, and it scares the living daylights out of me. And so I think, and, and we know where all of this is headed that we're seeing in, in our culture right now. It's all got a singular destination called the book of Revelation, the revelation of St. John. We all know this. And I think that we can misunderstand who God is because we know about judgment. You know, in the annual Bible reading, you go through 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and, you know, the People of Israel just getting themselves in this mess and that jam and this fiasco and a a loss at a war, just repeated mistakes, and it's the judgment of God. And so I think we get in our minds that that's who God is. But I'll tell you what, in recent uh, months, I've been seeing a, a, a different kind of a picture I've been seeing this God that is love and he is forgiveness and he is kind and he is gracious and he is merciful and, and you just got to push, push him and 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 push him some more to get a negative reaction out of him because his nature is love, his nature is grace, his nature is mercy, his nature is kindness. Can you see this? It's just, I mean, just the other day I read where Paul, in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to the the church in Corinth, and you could tell Paul was convinced that that the Lord was coming back momentarily, and that was 2,000 years ago. So, and why is the Lord waiting? I know some of us see what they're doing in these surgeries to children and all this stuff going on, and we're thinking, why is the Lord waiting? It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. God doesn't want to judge. God doesn't want to send people to hell. God doesn't want to, uh, you know, bring judgment to the earth. Now he's going to have to. Because man, it has been persistent. But it's, it's against his nature. I want to paint a different picture of God for you this morning. He is love. The Bible doesn't say he's loving. The Bible says God is love. That's who he is. And he's merciful. (laughs) Nobody here in their right mind is asking God for justice. No, everybody here in their right mind is thanking God for his mercy. Thanking God for his, how about this? His long-suffering nature. Aren't you glad the Lord never gave up on you? I'm I'm so glad the Lord never gave up on me. All right, so I want to paint this different kind of a picture because I think sometimes we go to God with this parable of the unjust judge in the back of our minds that he's this old hard-hearted so-and-so and and I got to hound him and I got to pester him and I got to fast and I got to do the January Daniel fast and I got to drink anointing oil, and I got to have hands laid on me a hundred times. And I got to do all this, you know, to try and move him. Why don't we take that picture of God and just put it out for the trash this coming week and see him for who he is? He is a loving God, he is a kind God, he is a generous God, he is a merciful God. He is a long-suffering God. (laughs) Yeah, but pastor, you know, we read about all these judgments in the Bible. Yeah, but they pushed him to it. I mean, just read about those children of Israel crossing the desert. I mean, they pushed him to it. Well, we're not going to push him to it. Hallelujah. We're going to enter in like little children. Amen. We're going to come rejoicing. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. We're going to enter his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to provoke God to a bad reaction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the kindness of Father God. The kindness of Father God. I want us to get to a place here at Faith Christian Center where... Like in a Catherine Coleman meeting or a T.L. Osborne crusade, people are healed during the preaching of the word. You might say, well, it'd take a strong anointing to do that. I, I don't know why. That happened to me last Sunday. And God is no respecter of persons. It was two or three weeks ago I talked about the posture of faith, having a posture of faith, being ready and willing. Say it out loud. Father God, I'm ready and willing to receive your kindness. Father God, I'm ready and willing to receive your nature, your healing nature. Hallelujah. And you too can be healed right where you sit in this anointed environment just by having a posture of faith, being ready and willing to receive Father God's good nature, his nature of healing and his nature of kindness. Now let's look at his kindness in action in Miracle 36. Jesus heals a servant's severed ear while he is being arrested. Talk about kindness. Luke twenty-two forty-seven. 47, while Jesus was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. Now we learn, this is Luke's gospel, in John's gospel, we learn that the man's name was Malchus and he was a slave, he was a slave of the high priest and it was Peter who cut off his ear. Verse 51, but Jesus answered no more of this, and he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers and the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. And let me tell you what, 2023 is also the hour of Satan and the hour when darkness is raining. But let me tell you what, when you're walking with God, that doesn't matter. When you have Psalm 91 protecting you, that doesn't matter. When the Lord is your rear guard, that doesn't matter. When you, when you know in whom you have believed and are fully persuaded that his word is good in your life, that doesn't matter. Hallelujah. Yes, this was the hour of darkness, the hour of betrayal, but even in the hour of darkness and even in Jesus' hour of betrayal, he could not help himself because kindness is who he was and kindness is who he is. And yet even in the midst of betrayal, Jesus forgave and Jesus healed. I want you this morning to get a vision for the kindness of God, it is his nature to be kind. He can't help himself, and who is who he is. This act of kindness on Jesus' part reveals the nature and the character of God, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his kindness, and even his nature to heal, even when we do not deserve it. Say it out loud, even, even. when we do not deserve it. If you'll stop and think about it, you have never deserved one thing God ever did for you. It's all by grace and by faith. Jesus was being betrayed. Jesus knew what was ahead, his cup of suffering, the most horrible form of execution ever invented by man, crucifixion at the hands of the hated Romans. And yet Jesus so loved that he forgave any healed. Number one, if you're taking notes, unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith, to answered prayer, and to healing. Mark 11:25 25 and 26, Jesus said, and when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses, this is the only specific hindrance to faith and prayer Jesus ever mentioned in all four Gospels. So it must be important. Today, Dodie Osteen is 90 years old, but 42 years ago, she was diagnosed with stage four metastasized liver cancer, a certain death sentence. So living to the ripe old age of 90, Dodi is a living miracle. But part of her testimony is that she was healed as she wrote letters asking for forgiveness and making things right. Not just things that maybe she had felt like she had done to others, but where people had done things to her and John. And she held it in her heart against them. You gotta let it go. You gotta forgive. You gotta let the nature of God shine in your heart someone might protest and say, Pastor, how I live and what I do has nothing to do with whether or not I am sick. Well, you ought to read your Bible. Consider just one warning Paul gives to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 11, for anyone who eats and drinks, that is from the Lord's table, communion, without discerning the body of the Lord, eats and drinks, judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and a number of you, have fallen asleep or died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. So unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith. And unforgiveness is a hindrance to answered prayer. And unforgiveness is a hindrance to healing. Number two, Jesus taught forgiveness. Matthew 18:21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And Peter, being so generous as he was, said, up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now forgiveness and walking in love does not mean that we let people use, abuse, or take advantage of us. Even though Peter denied it, whatever happened, Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times in his hour of trouble. And that is exactly what Peter did. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. When Jesus was arrested, every single one of his disciples scattered and abandoned him. And yet Jesus forgave them. Jesus forgave them all. Jesus forgave Peter. And Jesus restored Peter to ministry in John chapter 21. Jesus even taught that those who have been forgiven of much love much. Jesus taught forgiveness. Matthew six fourteen. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, unforgiveness is a hindrance to faith. And unforgiveness is a hindrance to answered prayer. And unforgiveness is a hindrance to healing. Even soon I have to forgive. Why? Well, because Jesus taught it and because Jesus commanded it. Jesus even gave those in leadership great authority in this area of forgiveness. John 20, 23, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Well, pastor, I don't feel like forgiving them. Well, Jesus taught it, and Jesus commanded it, so you have to let it go. Yeah, but you know, if I forgive them, then that means they're off the hook and they won't be judged for it and they won't go to hell for it. Well, number one, that is kind of an unchristian way of looking at things. But number two, (laughs) they'll go to hell for something else. (laughs) Now, you might say, Pastor, that's terrible. Well, my experience is that people who do person A wrong They're doing person B wrong and person C wrong. and In other words, you forgiving them is not really you letting them off the hook as much as it is you letting you off the hook. Because your unforgiveness will not hinder them, but your unforgiveness will hinder you. Can you see that? Amen. (laughs) I'm just... I'm just trying to deal with the real, because, you know, I've lived in the real world now a while, and I know the way things work, and I've had people do terrible things to me, and, uh, and I had to learn over time to let it go. Amen. Give it to the Lord. Let it go. And when I have trouble letting it go, I pray this prayer, and it works. I pray this. First time I prayed it, it was tough, but I, I got over it. So I learned to pray this way when I have trouble forgiving. Father God, I forgive them. But not only do I forgive them, Father God, I ask you to forgive them. Not only do I ask you to forgive them, Father God, I ask that whether it be at the great white throne, judgment, or the judgment seat of Christ, that this charge not be held to account against them. I forgive them, and Father God, I ask you to forgive them. And the first time I prayed that prayer, I mean, I, and I learned that from the Holy Spirit, I had a hard time praying it because there was always this part of me in the back of my mind. I thought, I forgive you, brother, but man, there's going to be hell to pay later on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because, you know, I've studied the Bible and I know what's coming. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, lift both hands and say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taught me how to pray and how to let it go. Hallelujah. Well, and they're not free, but I am. And that's the most important thing, that we be free to believe God, that we be free to receive from God, that we be free to walk in what God has for us. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't let unforgiveness hinder you. Tell the neighbor on the other side, don't let unforgiveness hinder you. So we're to follow Jesus. We're to imitate Jesus. We're to become more like Jesus. The Bible says that when a disciple is fully trained, they will be like their master. So we are to love like Jesus, and we are to forgive like Jesus. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We are to follow him. We are to imitate him. We are to become more like him. Paul even said, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Number three, Jesus forgave. I've already mentioned how Jesus forgave the disciples, (coughs) including Peter, and Jesus forgave and healed the slave of the high priest in the midst of his betrayal. But wait a minute. Jesus forgave even on the cross. Look at Luke 23, verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him along with the criminals. On his right One on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now listen, I got a revelation here for you on 2023. I went to the Lord about these surgeries that they're doing on children. And I asked him, I said, how can you let this go on? And he reminded me of this this passage right here in Luke 23. How can they make money doing this to little girls? How can they make money doing this to little boys? How can they make their boat payment doing this to little boys? How can they make their second house payment doing this to little girls? And the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, they know not what they do. They know not. If they knew what they were doing, they would stop it. They don't know what they're doing. The God of this world has blinded their eyes. Now listen, there may be somebody here this morning and you've got a husband, a wife, an ex-husband, an ex-wife. You might have a child, and you're wondering, how can they do what they're doing? The God of this world has blinded their eyes, blinded their minds. Now you cannot impose your will on their will and you cannot, by your will, change their will, but you can do this as a believer. You can say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Satan, I command you to take your hands off so and so. Now the reason I say husband, wife, ex-husband, ex-wife, or child, you have to have some authority. You have to have some basis for authority. I wish I could do this with bubble brain, but I can't do it with bubble brain. No, nope, no nope. It's got to be somebody that I have got a connection to and I have authority. Can you see that? I wish I could work this in Austin, Texas, but I, I got no authority down there. But if it's a husband, a wife, an ex-husband, an ex-wife, if it's a child, you have authority. Can you see that? And you say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you, Satan, you take your hands off so-and-so. You take your hands off their mind. I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you loose them and let them go. Because if the scales of blindness would fall off their eyes, if the scales of blindness would fall off their minds, they would be like the prodigal son they would realize that they left a good place and they're eating with the pigs and they, they ought to go home. Are you hearing me? Yes. That prodigal son had a light bulb moment and the reason more people don't have that kind of a light bulb moment is because Satan is at work in their lives. And he has blinded their minds and he has blinded their eyes, and they cannot see. They know not what they do. And Jesus forgave. Imagine we can't. We can't. Sinless Son of God, nailed to a cross, put up to die, and he forgave them. <laughs> That's a heck of a God. That that is one merciful person. That is kindness at the end of the road of kindness. Are you hearing me, church? Hallelujah. Now you might say, well, I wish he weren't that kind. No, 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 no. You need his kindness. And I need his kindness. And you need his long-suffering nature. And I need his long-suffering nature. And you need his grace, and I need his grace. Hallelujah. Thank God he's not vengeful. Thank God he's not out to get us. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus forgave the soldiers who crucified him, and Jesus even forgave on the cross. Jesus forgave those crucifying him. Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And Jesus forgave the criminal at his side. Today you will be with me in paradise. Number four, forgive and be healed. Forgive and let your faith work. Forgive and see your prayers answered. And when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses forgiveness and healing go hand in hand but so too does forgiveness and faith and forgiveness and answered prayer look at James 5:13. is any one of you in trouble he should pray is anyone happy let him sing songs of praise is any one of you sick what do we do if we're sick He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And I want you to see our twofold redemption right here. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Healing and forgiveness go together. Forgiveness and healing go together. Then he says, verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Yes, we are the righteousness of God in Christ, but we are also to live as the righteousness of God in Christ. John tells us that we are to walk in the light, and to walk in the light, we must confess our sins to God, and when necessary, to those whom we have wronged. This is why James taught, in verse 16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. But I want you to be careful right here. We confess our sins to God. And then we confess our sins to each other only when asking the offended person for forgiveness. Don't go around confessing your sins to people as some sort of spiritual exercise. Kenneth Hagin, the one who went to be with the Lord in 2003, used to say, that that practice is unscriptural and it is stupid and it'll get you in a lot of trouble. Don't be writing letters telling some banker how you're sorry you robbed their bank in 1993 or something. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Don't document your sins. Stay off Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, don't be confessing your sins. Don't don't just be telling everybody your sins. But if you have sinned against somebody, then you go to that somebody and you tell them how you were wrong and you ask their forgiveness. Can you see that? Forgive and be healed. Forgive and let faith work. Forgive and see your prayers answered. Jesus taught us to forgive if we want to be forgiven. How many of y'all here this morning want to be forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ? Well then we don't have any choice, do we? We have to forgive others, amen. Forgive and see your prayers answered. Jesus taught us to forgive if we want to be forgiven, but in line with God's word, we could also say it this way, forgive if you want to be healed and made well. I said forgive if you want to be healed and made well. Forgive and be healed. This is, I believe, the number one hindrance to receiving healing in our bodies, and I believe it is also the number one hindrance to opening doors and allowing the devil in. Don't let, like the writer of Hebrews, most likely the Apostle Paul wrote in Hebrews, don't let a root of bitterness get into your heart because it will grow into a mighty tree. And then you're going to have real trouble hearing from the Lord, receiving from the Lord, being healed of the Lord, and receiving answers to your prayers. You know, I feel like I'm back in time, 40 years. I feel like I'm going to talk like a Jesus person here for a moment. Just be like Jesus. Just live like Jesus. Now, people want to know Does that mean I have to let people use me and abuse me? Well, there's a saying in the world, even a dumb dog doesn't kiss a hot stove twice. So, if somebody rips you off in business, forgive them, be polite, be nice, but don't do any more business with that person. Amen? If you're dating somebody and they do you wrong, be polite, be nice, forgive them, and just don't go out with them anymore. Can you see that? If you're married, it's a little more complicated. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're equally yoked, it's a whole lot easier, let me tell you, than if you're not equally yoked. But thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Have you ever have you ever cleaned out that, what do they call that? To trap in a sink in the master bedroom where the wife does makeup. Have you ever cleaned that out? And, and, and you get into it and you wish you hadn't even gone there because all of that goop and slop and makeup and who knows what's in there. You know what I'm talking about? We don't want that kind of plumbing in our hearts. We want clean Pipes connecting us to our Father in heaven so we can receive and nothing clogging it up. Can you see that? And bitterness and unforgiveness are two of the biggest things that'll clog up those pipes. And we don't want to hinder. Maybe you do, but I don't want to hinder the Lord from healing me and blessing me and answering my prayers and hearing me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads, you may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You've heard the word of God preached, you've been in church, but you've never personally, you've never individually invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior. Jesus said in John chapter three, you must be born again. He said in Revelation chapter three, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him, and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've been in church, I've been around the things of God, I've heard the Bible preached, but I've never personally and individually made Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior. But I want to do so this morning. I want to be included in this prayer. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be forgiven of my sins. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. You may be here this morning and you're away from the Lord, you're not living for the Lord like you once did. You're not living for the Lord like you promised him you would. Well, thank God, thank God, thank God for his mercy, for his forgiveness, for his loving kindness, for his grace, for his forbearance. Because the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I haven't been living for the Lord like I know I should, but I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to make it right, I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it, we're going to pray. Let's pray the prayer anyway for the sake of those watching online, there may be somebody online that would like to give their life to Jesus. Let's pray the prayer. Father God, I come in the name of Jesus, and I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I confess that in times gone by, I've gone my own way, I've done my own thing, I've lived for self, but I repent and I turn from that old way of living and I give you my life. I ask for your forgiveness in Jesus' holy name. I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're watching online and you pray that prayer as a prayer of commitment, you can contact us at fccarlingtoncom salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd be happy to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, you can tell us. If you need an English Bible or Spanish Bible, we'd be happy to send you a Bible. God has uh, graciously provided, and so we're able to be generous on every occasion. God bless you. We love you. Amen. We preach the Word of God because we love the people of God and We want more people to know how wonderful Father God is. Can I get an amen?